At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the look ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Always on Twitter at Scott's on air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Hit us all up on the network at VSIN Live. What an interesting game we are going to see on Thursday night in Major League Baseball, or should I call it Minor League Baseball? I don't really know because the Toronto Blue Jays will take on the Kansas City Royals. However, it's going to look more like the Omaha Storm Chasers. Now, I say that jokingly, but I say it seriously. Toronto is going to be without, excuse me, um, Kansas City is going to be without 10 players in this game because they are unvaccinated and cannot travel to Toronto for this series. And it's not just any players. It's not just bullpen arms. It's guys that are in their everyday lineup. Andrew Benintendi, Whit Merrifield, both catchers, MJ Melendez and Cam Gallagher, Hunter Dozier, Michael A. Taylor, Kyle Isbell, and then pitchers, Brad Keller, Brady Singer, um, Dylan Coleman. They haven't announced a starting pitcher for this game yet. I don't know when they're going to announce a starting pitcher for this game yet. Kevin Gosman gets the start for the Blue Jays. He has he he missed uh, his he skipped the start. He hasn't pitched since July 2nd after getting drilled with a comebacker in that game against the Rays. But looking at this team, the Royals are going to be bringing up, they got to bring up a bunch of minor league players. The only vaccinated outfielder on the team is Edward Olivares. So they're going to be bringing up players from AAA and AA to fill this roster. And then you have to go up against the Toronto Blue Jays, who fired their manager, got a boost from firing their manager, beat the Phillies on Wednesday, and are looking to finish out the first half on a high note. This is definitely going to be intriguing. Let's talk more Major League Baseball as we welcome in Paul Sporer from Fangraphs. He also uh, streams on Twitch as well. You follow him on Twitter at Sporer, S-P-O-R-E-R. And Paul, let's talk about the hottest Team in Major League Baseball, uh, not the Mariners. We'll get to the Mariners in just a second. But the Baltimore Orioles also have won 10 straight games in an absolutely stacked American League East division. Looking at the Baltimore Orioles 
and watching them throughout this 10-game win streak, does this team look like a team that is going to make the postseason, in your opinion? I don't think that they're going to end up making it. They're kind of playing the role of this year's Seattle a bit. Uh, not the same way with like the one-run success that we saw from Seattle last year, but just as an upstart that you can definitely see where the path is going and where the window is opening. But this is probably not the year. They'll they'll run out of steam almost certainly. And because of that, I really think that they should emulate the Mariners all the way through and trade Jorge Lopez the way the Mariners traded Kendall Graveman. It's the same exact kind of scenario here. You're looking at the big picture. The bullpen was the strength of that Mariners team. It's the strength of this Baltimore team. You can trade that piece with an eye on the future, being realistic about your opportunities here, while still getting something for a 29-year-old journeyman waiver wire for, uh, pitcher that they've discovered and turned into a stud with 100-mile-an-hour sinkers in Jorge Lopez. So they should still move Lopez, but they don't need to sell everything not nailed down here. And They might not trade Trey Mancini, a righty-righty power hitter that's a corner guy, mostly a DH that doesn't go for much. He's a great guy, great clubhouse guy, but that you're not going to get a ton for that. So they don't need to trade him and like break up the clubhouse and let this vibe keep going to see what they can do, but they could totally trade Lopez and not miss a beat. Felix Bautista would be great in the closer's role. It's a great point. And Mancini is one of the guys that, you know, a lot of people have focused in on, especially the New York Mets have been tied to acquiring possibly Trey Mancini. But the more I look at the Orioles and the more they keep winning, the more I don't think they're going to trade Mancini. Yeah. And if, and if they're not giving something like really good to make it enticing, then I don't think you really need to do it. I, and, and again, I just the highest supply that you can find is a right handed corner power guy in the market at any given moment. So I don't know that there'll be a robust offer, in which case they can say no, keep that, keep the offense together and trade a few pitchers and still be smart about looking forward to the future. You mentioned the Mariners. What are their chances to make the postseason? I think they've got some good chances. You know, again, last year, the way they did everything, we knew that they probably were going to fade. They did, but that this was a team that, hey, we should take them seriously. Right now, they're sitting right there on kind of that 50-50 spot to make the playoffs, and I, I understand that. I, I would maybe favor them even a little bit more, but obviously this is mathematical. But in my heart, I'm like more of like, I think they're just above a coin flip opportunity. I like the opportunity that they have here. This offense is clicking. Um, if they can get Kelnick going, he's crushing in AAA, Scott. If he can get going at the major league level, he's, he's done things at the major league level, right? We've seen him actually have a few runs of success, Kelnick. For the most part, it's been awful. I understand that. But he did have 14 homers last year in 93 games. So like there, he showed a little bit of the pop. So if they can get the offense uh, to stay like this, and Julio Rodriguez kind of leads them, the pitching, Robbie Ray's back, Logan Gilbert, that's a great one-two punch. Get Marco Gonzalez in that third third spot, flexing in the four. I still believe in Kirby. I like resting him so they can have him for the stretch run. I believe in this team. I think they've got a good shot to make the playoffs. I have them at, you know, just over a coin flip, like I said. The, the actual numbers are 49%. But like I said, I think they, I think I like them better than a couple of the other teams near them. Isn't it amazing how you know it was? Oh, the Mariners clearly won the Edwin Diaz trade, and now a couple of years later, it's wait, the Mets have clearly won the Edwin Diaz trade, right? And that's and that's why we can't do. You know, that's why you got to be careful when you judge it. And the way I judge trades is, you know, at the moment, right away, you get to judge it right away and say, okay, this is how I feel about it. But then, of course, you have to let it play out. And no matter how it goes, I think you got to let the six years of team control with Kelnick play out before we would have any sort of 
finality on it. But it is funny how much the tide turned when uh, Diaz was a home run machine. What was it back in uh, 2019? Couldn't get out of his own way there. And now here we are uh, three years later, and, and he is the best closer going in, in a crop that includes guys like Josh Hader out there who has not lost a beat. But Sugar is the guy, man. 73 strikeouts and 36 in the third innings. Are you kidding me? He's got about he's got over a 50% strikeout rate, Scott. That's insane. And the Mets, with the Yankees blowing that lead that they did yesterday in the ninth inning, the Mets are the only team in baseball this year that has not blown a ninth inning lead. Wow. Wow. And, you know, another, th- uh, another thing I like about Diaz, too, is he was excellent last year, and I felt like his. I felt like the reputation of 2019 kind of carried over to 2020 and 21, where he was seen as like shaky. But he was pretty great last year, and so this year having him explode has been fun. He's so fun to watch. When you look at the Mets, they just finished taking two of three from the Braves, a pivotal series in this divisional race. They have four games with the Cubs remaining. The Braves should take the next four games from the Nationals, so uh, maybe this lead goes down a little bit. But would you consider it to be a buy time on the New York Mets to win the National League East? Yeah, and I think they'll be aggressive at the deadline. So I think if you are anticipating those moves uh, like we are, I think you do see it as a buying opportunity because the number's going to be shorter with the lead being tightened. You'd almost like a situation where maybe they go and go two and two against the Cubs. And, and, and you know, they do get the four-game sweep, the Braves do against the Nats. Tighten it up a bit more, make the number a little spicier for us Mets believers. Because, again, I know Mets going to Mets. I understand, you know, you're always waiting for the catastrophe with them. But we also have to look at the data and understand what they're doing and how well they've been playing and the fact that they're going to be aggressive at the deadline. So they're going to add pieces, and they could bring back the best pitcher in the universe for a a significant period of time, too. So, yes, I am buying on them as the number shrinks, and I like the play of waiting, you know, kind of playing it out over these next few days and seeing if the Braves can shrink it to where we get even a spicier number. Yeah, that would be great. I'd love to bet the Mets at a little better number than they're at right now. But even right now is good enough to fire on for me. Let's stick in the National League. Let's go to the Central. It's a two-team race between the Brewers and the Cardinals. Which one of these two takes the division, in your opinion? I'm more of a Brewers backer. Um, I, I think I'm just obsessed with the with the star pitching. You know, when you got Burns and Woodruff as a dynamic one-two punch, Woodruff looks back since his injury. Um, you know, back to being a number one type guy. Burns is elite. Lauer has given back some of the early season gains, but he's still a very solid mid rotation guy. And they're only using, you know, they only need him to be a quality number three. And then, of course, you got Hader and Devin Williams in the bullpen. Uh, with some other good guys back there too, Boxberger got like they've got some guys to get them to get to those two uh, as the bridge there as well. So I like the Brewers. I respect that uh, that Cardinals team, but they do live with a lot of guys who allow a lot of contact. And while their defense is capable of turning that into outs, I do still worry about a non-dominant pitching staff like theirs. Paul, do me a favor, hang with me through the break. Let's get into the schedule for tomorrow's games coming up next. All right? Sounds great. Paul Sporer, you catch him on Twitter, at Sporer, S-P-O-R-E-R. He does great work for Fangraphs. Also, uh, catch him streaming on Twitch as well. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter, at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Just real quick, looking at the schedule for Thursday, uh, we just have two day games, Marlins and Pirates, early in uh, the morning, uh, well, early in the morning here, uh, at Pacific time. 
But uh, it's going to be a, I guess, nine, a 12-10 Eastern time start there in Miami. Uh, and then the Padres and the Rockies is a 3 o'clock Eastern time start, but they're in Colorado, uh, obviously. And then the rest of the slate is a night slate, so not your typical get away. A lot of teams are playing four-game series uh, or just off on Thursdays. They begin the final weekend series prior to the All-Star Brick. Once again, I'm Scott Sedenberg. Follow on Twitter, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We'll continue the conversation with Paul Spore coming up next as we'll talk about the aforementioned Marlins. See if I can maybe intrigue uh, Paul into betting on them to maybe make the postseason. Sneaky, sneaky team. This is the look ahead right here on VSIN. It's the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Back on the look ahead, I'm. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Scott Sadenberg here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, rejoined by Paul Sporer from Fangraphs as we take a look at the Major League Baseball board for Thursday. And uh, let's talk about the Marlins that I teased a little bit last segment, Paul. You know, I honestly don't know what to make of this team. I really like them. I want to back them because of the pitching, but I just don't know. What's your opinion on this team? And do you like them here against the Pirates on Thursday? I see it so similarly to you that you want to back them. I, I want to be there too. I just told you how much I obsess over great pitching. And, the, the, you know, a few teams have it better than they do with Sandy leading the charge. Pablo Lopez, Braxton Garrett has stepped up and kind of made it so that, you know, the Trevor Rogers regression hasn't hurt them as much. The problem is, of course, that offense. And they have some elements, but they also play in a spacious park, which kind of holds the offense down in general. So that's the, the part that I worry about there and where they could really go south. I could see them making some ancillary moves, nothing crazy at the deadline, but more, you know, a couple of, of bolstering of, of a few positions offensively. I think they are a sneaky little bet that you could go like a half unit on there because that pitching could get hot enough. I will say I've been frustrated that they've dropped two, the first two to the Pirates here. You kind of beat teams like the Pirates when you're trying to be an upstart. You cannot give those games away. So I do like Braxton Garrett here on, on Thursday. I do think that uh, he's pitching very well. 
it's a little bit of a big number to trust that Marlins offense. Uh, and Zach Thompson isn't too bad. But I think Garrett is, is definitely someone that you can feel comfortable backing now and in the summer. I know it sounds square, but is it as simple as going with the Braves on the run line, laying the run and a half against the Nationals, who are starting Annabelle Sanchez? Yes. <laughs> He's back. He's back. No, I, I, I feel you on like it sounds square. I don't know if you saw this the other night when they dropped Max Scherzer's strikeout prop from seven and a half to six and a half and then just up the juice. I was like, this feels so square. Are they baiting me? Am I being trapped? But I, you know, I'm like, I'm playing this, of course. And he hit it. But I, you know, sometimes you look at him and you're like, why, why is this like this? But you just got to go with it. If you, if it, that's where your numbers lead you, that's where the play is. You go with it. And sometimes you do get got. But a lot of times those do come through still, where where you feel like it was too good to be true. But you know, I, I like that. I'm never going to feel bad trusting Kyle Wright and the Braves against the Nats right now. now now that we've hyped it up like this, you know Annabelle Sanchez is going to throw seven scoreless to embarrass us. <laughs> that would happen, of course. Uh, Tyler Anderson takes on Dakota Hudson, the Dodgers, and the Cardinals from St. Louis. Uh, Tyler Anderson's been uh, really good. was mu- really good earlier in the season. Are we backing him here in this spot in St. Louis? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm interested in doing that. I, I like Tyler Anderson. He's a really solid mid-rotation guy. You know, perfect for what they need right now. He can kind of help bridge, you know, the loss of Bueller. He's not Bueller. He's not Bueller at all. But he's been a heck of a lot better than Bueller was this year when he was pitching and healthy. Um, I, I wish we could have gotten, you know, maybe maybe we can get that number a little bit better with them. But I will be interested in the Dodgers, even as a road favorite. Uh, Tyler Anderson against the Dakota Hudson. And Dakota Hudson, he, he's the worst of that that you know contact heavy guy. That uh, he also walks too many, you know, guys like Michaelis and Wayno, they don't walk guys. So, you know, when the contact gets through, it's usually not as bothersome with Dakota Hudson. He, he has all those ground balls that can get turned into outs. But then when he does allow a few hits, it goes with a 4.1 walks per nine and causes problems. So I think the Dodgers are going to wait him out a bit and really kind of lean on him. And I trust Tyler Anderson to shut down St. Louis. The Rangers get the red hot Mariners. They do have Martin Perez on the hill. It's so hard to not back Perez. Maybe just go with an, a first five play here because the Mariners have been so good. I understand that. And, uh, I'm still worried about the the rug being pulled though, so I'm kind of I'm kind of on the fade right now. I, I think there's gonna I think the regression is starting. The interesting part that you mentioned though with the first five, that way you don't have to worry about the Texas bullpen, and you still get you know a little bit of their offense there, which has been playing better. Uh, Seager's crushing homers every day. You look at the last 41 games for Simeon; he's been superstar level again. It's just that the first 43 were so awful that the bottom line numbers still look bad. So I hear you on wanting to back them. I'm going to go the other way on this one, though. I'm going to take Seattle. I am worried that Martin Perez is going to start to allow a few more homers uh, as that number regresses his homer to fly ball rate, and uh, the Mariners are going to, going to get this one in Texas. Framber Valdez last time out threw an eight-inning complete game, and uh, the Astros lost the game. He goes up against Reed Detmers, who clearly has not been the same since he threw the no-hitter. I know he had a good start his last time out, but this is a guy who uh, obviously is not as good as he was earlier in the season. What do we like in this matchup? Yeah, I, I totally hear you on, on Reed Detmers. I still love him long-term. Like a lot, I still think he's got ace upside uh, as you know, the very tip top upside. I'm talking two, three, four years down the road here. In the in the short term, with Reed Detmers, I do think he's going to have a volatile summer. Uh, we'll see things that are in and out. 
I think that the, in a weird way, the no-hitter kind of told us a lot more about him on the negative than it did the positive when it came with two strikeouts. And that was really telling about where he's at right now with this swing and miss stuff and how inconsistent it is. And so the regression after that wasn't too surprising. He did go down to the minors, strike out 13, then came back up, struck out seven uh, Orioles. I'm going to go with the, with the uh, Astros and Valdez here. But keep an eye on Detmers. I think he's somebody that we'll be able to back at different times during the summer. If the strikeouts are up, I'm backing him. It's when he's not missing enough bats that I want to fade the heck out of him. How about a first five under Brewers and Giants? It's Corbin Burns and Carlos Rodon. <laughs> what, what is the over under there? Two? Two and a half? Yeah, I would assume it's three and a half. Uh, if it's three and a half, I'm going to play it. I'm going to hammer it. If it's three, uh, I'll think about it. Yeah, I think, I, think I, I echo that perfectly. Three and a half, slam it. Three, you pause a little bit and then you know, kind of determine how your gut feel is going at that point. But uh, I, I think they should troll us one time and just be like, do a, do a one, one and a half number. Yeah, uh, let's see what this number gets posted at uh, tomorrow. Uh, one final thing, Paul, while I have you, uh, is there any futures bet that you like the most uh, on the board right now? Otani for MVP, I think. Uh... I'm, oh, I'm so against you here, I, and I love I know, you, Paul, but I, I can't do it. I, I can't do it. What because of Otani or because of the voter pool? It's it's half and half. I, I think for the voters, the novelty is worn off a bit. Uh, you know, I have a, last year he, that, he gets his award. We acknowledge how incre- we acknowledge how incredible what he did last year was, but I can't give him the most valuable player award when he's not top five hitter in the American League, top five pitcher. Why, why is that the bar, though? And he does have top five pitching numbers. He has a 244 ERA, a sub one whip, and a 34% strikeout rate, 81 innings. I mean, that is like, I, I'm not finding too many guys better than that. But but I'm not sure that that's. Guys like McClanahan and Verlander are better. He's guys been, like he's Aaron. He's been better than Verlander. The volume for Verlander, but. but Otani's been much more dominant with the strikeouts. So, but what's wrong with like a top 10 hitter and a top 10 pitcher all in one? That's better than the best. Well, yeah, I think it's, and I've said this before on this show, I think it's approaching LeBron James territory. Like, remember when LeBron won four MVPs out of five years, Derrick Rose won in between the the back-to-back MVPs, Mm -hmm. and um, I I just think that when that time came in the NBA, it was obvious. LeBron James is the most valuable basketball player on the planet, and you could vote him for the MVP every single year. Yes, and I think that's what it's become for Otani because you're right. If he's an all-star pitcher and an all-star hitter, he's the most valuable asset we have in Major League Baseball in the entire sport. And so it's not his fault to take the, the awards away from him. And and that's why that's why I gave you the out of the voters because I understand you – you, you're you're looking. I'm taking a principled stand here that he's the best player, and so I'm going to bet that, and I'm going to stand that because he is the MVP. But you're trying to win money. I'm an idiot. You're being smart about it because I understand that you have to look at the electorate, and you've got to be smart about understanding that they might have voter fatigue one year in. So I, I grant that I might be on the wrong side here, but I'm keeping my principled stand that this guy is the most valuable player in baseball, and it's not even close to me. It's not even close that he's the most valuable player so i'm going to stick with it but i understand why you would be on judge or devers or alvarez and look the other way because i i agree the novelty probably will have worn off for the voters and that's kind of sad to me well speaking of sad do the angels trade him now that would be interesting 
that would actually make me happy, to be honest, because I've been like a little bit of a well, sad for the angels. Yeah, sad for them. Very sad for them. Happy for us because I've I bandwagon them just because I want Trout Otani in the playoffs. I'm a Tigers fan through and through, but I like root for them to be good so that those two can be in the playoffs. So I'd love if they traded Otani to a contender. That'd be amazing. Well, the, the entire baseball world would go absolutely nuts. Paul, uh, I could do this all day, man. We got to get you here to Vegas, get you in studio soon so we can sit here and talk baseball for three hours, brother. That sounds great. That sounds great. Thanks, Paul. Talk to you soon. Sounds great. Take care. He's Paul Spore. Check him out. Fangraphs uh, does a great job streaming on Twitch as well. And hey, all this week, VSIN, uh, we're having our first ever baseball betting pentathlon. So every show, including this one, uh, making five baseball bets over the span of four days, we'll make our final bet coming up here on Thursday. Monday, we had to bet a total. I won that. Tuesday, an underdog and a favorite. I. Hit the favorite bet, lost the underdog bet. Today, we had to do a run line bet. I won that. And tomorrow, we have to bet a prop bet. Uh, The winner will be announced Friday morning, July 15th, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Follow the Money. And uh, I'm hoping that it's going to be me. That's what I'm truly hoping for. I'm Scott Satterberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We'll talk about the Otani case for MVP coming up next. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken. Beer made better. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. Still look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I want to talk about the case being made for Shohei Otani to be the, the American League Most Valuable Player Award. Uh, he has now overtaken Aaron Judge. And he is your betting favorite to win the award. Plus 115, Judge plus 170, Jordan Alvarez 12 to 1, Mike Trout 12 to 1, Rafael Devers 18 to 1, Jose Ramirez 31 to 1. Otani has been lights out, both pitching and hitting. Pitching specifically. Or Alden Gonzalez, who covers the Angels. ESPN, or he's just an ESPN baseball reporter, um, tweeted this out earlier. Over the last 34 calendar days, Shohei Otani has a .45 ERA, 58 strikeouts, 11 walks in 39 and two-thirds innings pitched. Hitting-wise, he's batting .287 with a .393 OPS, .604 slugging. He's hit eight home runs in 29 games. And uh, he had six innings of one-run ball with 12 strikeouts against the Astros with a two-out, two-run triple early in the game. And the list of pitchers with four consecutive outings with double-digit strikeouts 
and no more than one run allowed since the earned run became a stat in 1913. Per ESPN Stats and Info, Sandy Koufax, Nolan Ryan, Ron Guidry, Hideo Nomo, Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson, Corey Kluber, Chris Sale, Max Scherzer, and now Shohei Otani. I understand the argument. And like I said, he is approaching LeBron territory. And what I mean by that, I'll explain for anybody who hasn't heard me say it a thousand times before. There was a stretch of time in the NBA when we all acknowledged LeBron James is clearly the most valuable player on the planet. And every single year, you can just give him the MVP award. Because there's no one else that you would take over him on your team. He's the most valuable player on the planet during that stretch of his dominance. It's that way already for Shohei Otani. If you're going to pitch like an all-star and hit like an all-star, there's nobody else in the sport that's doing both, well, at least at the major league level. There's no one else that's doing both. Now, is it something that is so incredibly overwhelming? I don't think so. Yes, I think that last year what he did was, was, was incredible. What do you have, 47 home runs last year? Incredible. There have been some really good hitting pitchers over their careers that never got the opportunity to hit. Maybe once, you know, if they were in the National League and they hit once every five days during their starts for maybe two at-bats, three at the most, and that's it. And I'm not comparing Shohei Otani to, you know, someone like Jacob deGrom or just, you know, name me some of the great hitting pitchers of all time. Mike Hampton comes to mind as one of the top hitting pitchers. But let's say a guy like DeGrom was in the lineup every day as a DH. What could his his numbers be if he was truly working on being a hitter every day? I don't know. We'll never see it. I don't know if we'll ever see it again. Is Otani one of a kind? Right now he is. Are coaches going to be more inclined to letting guys do both as they go up through the ranks? Or... Will it continue to be a specialization process where when you get to the minors, you are geared towards one direction? You either become a pitcher or you become a hitter, a full-time position player, and you work on excelling at either or. It's probably going to be the case. We're probably never going to see the likes of Shohei Otani again. A guy who's in the lineup every single day as a hitter, and then pitches once a week. I just have a I just don't think that a guy on a team and yes, I understand the argument, right? Where you're going to say the only time that the Angels win is when Otani pitches. And that's a legitimate argument. This team is 39 and 50 
And if you go through Otani's game logs, they have won two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Three, four, five, six. They're nine and six in Otani's starts this season. That's not good enough. I'm sorry. I understand he's pitching great. And I know that wins and losses, it doesn't always fall on the pitcher. It's not a great stat to measure pitchers. But you're on a team that is 30. What did I say? What did I say they were? 39 and 50. They had a 14-game losing streak where you didn't really do much offensively. You're not going to make the playoffs. And as dominant as you are pitching, the team is only 9-6 and six in your starts. So the argument, they only win when Otani pitches. If they were 12-0 and 0 in his starts, or if they were, well, they're 15 games. So if they were 15-0 and 0 in his starts, I'd say you're right. Otani's the most valuable to his team. Because when he pitches, they win. And when he hits, they win. But if you just look up the stats of offensive players in the American League. Yes, Shohei Otani's got 19 home runs. He's had a nice season. Shohei Otani OPS ranks in major in the American League only. He's 12th in OPS. He's 12th in OPS. He's 10th in slugging. He is 25th in on-base percentage. And he is outside the top 25. Well, where is he? Total batting average. He's outside the top 25 in batting average. He is ninth in home runs. And he is eighth in RBIs. That's cool. You know, good for him. He is 22nd in hits. And he is ninth in runs. There was not one offensive category where Shohei Otani is top seven in the American League. Not one offensive category he ranks in the top seven in the American League. Let's take a look at the pitching numbers now. ERA. Otani is outside of the top five in ERA. In total strikeouts. All right, he's fourth in strikeouts. Okay, it's pretty good. He's fourth in strikeouts. We'll give him that. He is, let's see, he's fourth in whip. All right, not bad, not bad. Opponent's batting average, 199. It's not, that's pretty good. So uh, that will be fourth. Okay. And yeah. And the win-loss, uh, we don't care about the wins. So 
at best, he's tied for fourth in a bunch of, in a couple of pitching categories. At best, he's the he has the fifth ERA in the American League. He's fourth in strikeouts, fourth in WHIP. Outside the top seven as a hitter, outside the top four as a pitcher, but yet he's the most valuable player. I, I just can't give him the award just based on the novelty that he does both. I need him to excel and be better than everybody else. And is that unfair? Probably. I'm Scott Sadenberg for Look Ahead. This is the Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Network, always on Twitter, at Scott's On Air. People might be asking, if Otani's not your MVP, then who is? Is it Aaron Judge? Um, it's Jordan Alvarez. And I understand he's got to come back from his little hand issue, and hopefully it doesn't keep him out long after the All-Star break, and he's back, and he's still putting up the numbers that he's put up. But let me just tell you a little bit about Jordan Alvarez, who's 12-1 to right now, to win this award. Uh, he leads... The American League in, o- in OPS, a 1.058. He leads the American League in slugging, 653. He is third in the American League in on-base percentage, seventh in batting average at 306. But like I said, OPS is what we care about more, 1.058 OPS. He is second in the American League in home runs at 26 behind Aaron Judge's 30. He has 82 hits compared to Aaron Judge's, uh, what he has, 90, right? Devers leads the way with 108. Um, And doubles, he's, you know, not going to be a big double guy. Remember, he's not that fast. He's not the, he's he's a bigger guy. He's got 11 doubles this year. Judge has 14. In 75 games, though, this is what's impressive to me. As you look at, you know, a guy like uh, Rafael Devers, who has played 82 games and has 108 hits, leads the American League, and his OPS is at 968. Devers has a very good case. Um, Jordan Alvarez has only struck out 57 times this year. It's amazing. 
Aaron Judge has struck out 97 times. Mike Trout has struck out 97 times. Shohei Otani has struck out 89 times. Jordan Alvarez ain't striking out. 57 strikeouts in 75 games? I know that's like 50 less at-bats than Aaron Judge, but still, to have 40 less strikeouts in the 50 at-bats that you have less than him, it's incredible. Jordan Alvarez, and and we're seeing uh, Astros losing games with him not in the lineup, right? I, uh, I, I have him as my most valuable player in the American League. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Let's take a look at the board here for Thursday and see if we can pick out our bets. Now, the last bet that we have to make for our baseball betting pentathlon, which I'm in second place, uh, three and one record, but um, because of the way that we're scoring the units, I'm actually getting penalized for winning a bet at high juice uh, when... You know, Gil, who's in first place, Gil Alexander, a numbers game, he lost a minus 144 bet but doesn't get punished for it. But I get punished for winning a minus 160 bet. It happens. So he's got a couple of units ahead of me, uh, or dollars profit, if you will, because that's how we're measuring this thing. So I'm going to try and go for my four in one week uh, with my only loss being a loss that shouldn't have happened. And I'm going to be upset about this. I'll be honest with you. I'll be upset about this if I lose. Especially if I win my last bet, which it has to be a prop bet. But let's say I win this last bet. I go 4-1 and one on the week. I'm going to be very upset because it should have been 5-0. and oh. On Tuesday, we each had to pick an underdog. And I picked the Tampa Bay Rays against the Red Sox. But I picked the Rays in the first five innings. The Rays were down 2 nothing after five innings. And then they came back and won the game 3-2. There were other hosts here on the network that took the Rays for the full game. Thinking the same handicap that I was thinking, right? We have to take an underdog. Let's take the smallest underdog on the board. It's Corey Kluber on the hill. A little bit of a fade of Chris Sale in his first start back off the IL, making his 2022 season debut. Maybe he doesn't go that far into the game. Rays win the game, but they were losing. They lost the first five. I debated back and forth whether, whether or not to go Rays full game or Rays F5. I ultimately made the wrong decision. But I was on the right side, if that makes sense. Had I gone raised for the full game, I'd be 4-0 right now. I'd be the only host on the network that is 4-0, and I'd be in control of this pentathlon. So the prop bet that I'm going to go for, I'm not sure yet. I got to look to see what's even on the board coming up on Thursday. I'm not a big prop guy. I don't do K-props or anything like that. I think what I'm going to look at, honestly is picking a pitcher to record a win. I saw already that on DraftKings, they had Nestor Cortez of the Yankees to record a win at a decent plus money price. And so all the pitcher has to do is, you know, get a win. Yankees are playing the Reds. Yankees are minus 205. Yes, it's Luis Castillo, who's been very good. Yes, Nestor Cortez has also been good. He's been struggling lately, but overall he's been good. I expect the Yankees to win. As long as they have a lead when Cortez leads the game and they don't blow that lead, well, he's going to record a win. He'll improve to 8-3 and three on the year. 
So that might be a way I go. And maybe it's not with Cortez. Maybe I decide to do this with another pitcher. But that might be the prop that I bet rather than, you know, total bases or a K prop or, or something like that. But let's take a look at this board. Pirates-Marlins, that's the first game, 12-10 Eastern time. Braxton Garrett goes up against Zach Thompson. The Marlins are minus 160, total of 7.5. Padres take on the Rockies. Uh, San Diego minus 135. Blake Snell on the hill for San Diego. Kyle Freeland goes for Colorado. And Kyle Freeland could be auditioning for his future team as his name is being floated around in possible trade discussions. Then your nightcap, uh, all the night games. The Braves at the Nationals. Kyle Wright goes against, wait for it, Anibal Sanchez gets the start for the Nationals. The last time we saw Sanchez pitch was September 26th of last year. So, making his 2022 season debut, the 38-year-old Anibal Sanchez will take on one of the hottest teams in baseball, the defending World Series champion, Atlanta Braves. Atlanta minus 225 with Kyle Wright on the hill in this one. As I mentioned, Yankees take on the Reds. Nestor Cortez, Luis Castillo, Yankees minus 205, total of eight. Uh, you got the Red Sox taking on the Rays. Cutter Crawford for the Red Sox. Drew Rasmussen goes for the Rays. No line on this one just yet. Royals take on the Blue Jays. Kevin Gosman on the hill for Toronto. No Announced pitcher yet for Kansas City. And this, I would I'd be shocked if this game is lined anything under minus 300 for Toronto. Kansas City is going to be playing this game with a bunch of minor leaguers. It's the, it's the Blue Jays against the Omaha, what are they uh, again? The uh, Storm Chasers, that's right. The Omaha Storm Chasers. That's the AAA team for the Royals. Ten players on the Royals. Majority of them full-time position players will not be making the trip because they are unvaccinated. They only have one outfielder available. They're going to have to call up at least two outfielders, right? Triple-A or double-A guys. And then in the infield, I don't know who's going to play. Literally. I'll read you the list of names. Okay? And I'm just going to go by their depth chart. Both catchers out. MJ Melendez, Cam Gallagher. So right away, minor league catcher coming up. First base, Hunter Dozier, out. Second base, Whit Merrifield, out. Left field, Andrew Benintendi, out. Center field, Michael A. Taylor, out. Backup outfielder, Kyle Isbell, out. Who are you playing? Vinny Pasquantino's been DHing. He might play first base. Okay, Nicky Lopez will play. Bobby Witt Jr. will play. Who else? Call up everybody from the minors. So the Blue Jays should absolutely just trounce this team, especially with Kevin Gosman on the hill. Uh, real quick, Tigers take on the Guardians. Uh, you got Tristan McKenzie going for the Guardians. Elvin Rodriguez goes for the Tigers. Dodgers take on the Cardinals. Uh, Tyler Anderson, Dakota Hudson. Uh, White Sox twins, Johnny Cueto against Sonny Gray. Mets and Cubs, Carlos Carrasco against Keegan Thompson. The Mariners take on the Rangers, Marco Gonzalez against Martin Perez. Astros, Angels, Framber Valdez against Reed Detmers. And the Brewers and Giants in a really good pitching matchup, Carlos Rodon 
and Corbin Burns. Coming up this morning on Follow the Money, uh, Paul Stone, professional handicapper, will join the program 7.30 a.m. Eastern time. Dennis Bernstein from SiriusXM's NHL Radio at 8.45 a.m. Eastern. And at 9 a.m., Mike Palm, VP here at Circa. And, of course, Odds On here on VSIN will join the program as well. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. It's the final day of our baseball betting pentathlon. I am going for first and a four-in-one week in our five selections. This is The Look Ahead here on VCND Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.